Oftentimes, when we read the Bible, we ask ourselves, what does this say about me? In our new series, Encounter, we're reading the biblical text, studying the stories and surveying the characters and asking, what does this say about God? If you missed part one, I'd encourage you to go back and have a listen. We began with the story of Gomer and how the book of Hosea points us to God's redeeming love. You're listening to the Bloom Podcast. At Bloom, we're passionate about women growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. I'm your host, Jennifer Robinson, for September 1st, 2023. Today, we're heading into part two of our series. We're going to hear from Robin Walters, who is our minister of worship here at Grace Church. Robin is going to be taking us to Abigail and how we encounter God's omniscience through her story. If you don't know what that word means yet, you will soon. So let's hear from Robin. Thrilled to be here with you today and just to share with you an example of the omniscience of God. This is a big word. Um, Not many of us use this word in everyday vocabulary. So the omniscience of God through the life of one of my favorite women in the Old Testament, Abigail. So before we walk through Abigail's life, just want to unpack this big theological term really quick. So when we talk about the attributes of God, theologically, there are three words that start with omni um, that describe God's character. The first one is God is omnipotent, which means he is all-powerful. The second one is God is omnipresent, so he's everywhere. And then there's omniscient, which means that he is all-knowing. So the definition of omniscient is having infinite awareness, understanding, and insight, universal or complete knowledge. So the word omniscient comes from two Latin words. The first one, omnis, is signifying all, and scientia, signifying knowledge. So when we say that God is omniscient, it means that he has perfect knowledge of all things. He does not have to learn anything, and he has not forgotten anything. He knows everything that's happened and everything that will happen. God also knows every potential thing that might happen. The omniscience of God means that he has perfect knowledge, perfect understanding, and perfect wisdom as to how to apply that knowledge. So knowing that we are human and not perfect and could never be omniscient, but God still urges us to seek out knowledge and wisdom during our short time on this earth. The word wisdom shows up in the Bible 227 times, and 54 of those instances are in the book of Proverbs. As we explore the all-knowing wisdom of God today through Abigail and how it's manifested in her life, I'd also love to take us through some of those sayings in Proverbs that stress the importance of wisdom as well. So our first one from Proverbs is going to be Proverbs 4, verses 5 through 6. The NIV version says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. I just have to say I love how in the word they they refer to wisdom as a she. 
Just had to say, just have to say. Um, <laughs> but wisdom and knowledge, they're not exactly the same thing. So the primary difference between the two words is that wisdom involves a healthy dose of perspective and the ability to make sound judgments about a subject, while knowledge is simply knowing. Anyone can become knowledgeable about a subject by reading, researching, or memorizing facts, but it's wisdom that requires more understanding and the ability to determine which facts are relevant in certain situations. So there's a quote that says, knowledge is knowing what to say, wisdom is knowing when to say it. Knowledge is knowing this is a pen. Wisdom is knowing that you cannot fill out a standardized test with this. I remember that, number two pencil. Um, or my favorite, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit and wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. So there are few women in the Bible that possess such intense wisdom and discernment as Abigail. I'm a huge Abigail fan. So we first come across her in 1 Samuel 25, and she's described as intelligent and beautiful, a woman with good judgment. Abigail's name in Hebrew means my father's joy. And in one of the most epic mismatches of the Old Testament, Abigail is married to Nabal. Nabal is described as a surly man whose name literally means fool. I mean, who names a kid fool? So the word fool is used 110 times in the Bible, and every one is a warning to stay away from or not to become a fool. One of my favorite aspects of 1 Samuel 25 is we see Abigail's story play out is the dichotomy between Abigail and Nabal or wisdom and foolishness. So I'll just describe the story really quick, Cliff's Notes version. So Samuel dies in the beginning of 1 Samuel chapter 25 and everybody is mourning him. David then moves to the desert of Paran, where Nabal and Abigail live. So David and his men are sort of watching after Nabal's sheep and his shepherds and his servants, and they're being really nice to them while they're staying in his area. And David's men then go to Nabal and say, we've been so great to you, we've been so nice. And Nabal ends up reacting in this awfully rude way, and is just super mean to David's men. So David is livid and ends up saying that he is going to attack Nabal's property in revenge. So then, just then, a servant of Nabal comes to warn Abigail, and she has no idea any of this is going on. And he told her how well-treated they had all been by David and his men, and that there was going to be trouble because David was really mad. So Abigail acts quickly, and she has her servants take food and gifts to David without telling Nabal. She follows her servants, and when she met David, she bowed down before him, and she asked him to ignore her wicked husband and tells him that the Lord will bless him with success if he is kind in return and does not act out of anger. So David then blesses her for keeping him from bloodshed, and he told her that if she had not come to see him, he surely would have 
attacked the property. So then he accepts the food and gifts that she brings and tells her to go in peace. So Abigail goes back home, and when she gets there, Nabal is drunk. So she decides not to tell him right then that she's gone to speak to David, and she waits until the next day. So the next day comes, he's sober, and she tells him everything that's happened. And then the word says his heart failed him. So 10 days later, Nabal dies. When David finds out that Nabal is dead, he sends his messengers to ask Abigail if she would become his wife. So then she agrees, and she goes with the messenger to become one of David's wives. So Proverbs 9, verses 12 through 13 says, If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you're a mocker, you alone will suffer. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. So God is clearly with Abigail as she navigated these difficult circumstances. And he gifts her with wisdom in three specific areas. And I just want to outline those three areas for us today. So the first way that God gifts Abigail with wisdom is in her actions. Proverbs 13 verse 4 says, A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. So as soon as her servant told her how Nabal had responded to David's men, this is what the word says Abigail did. It says, Abigail acted quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five sias of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisins, 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Talk about meal prep. I mean, this girl is prepared for anything. So then she told her servants, go on ahead and I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. First of all, Abigail did not delay her obedience. She worked quickly to smooth over the foolish and ignorant actions of her husband that were about to cost them their lives. She discerned wise timing and discretion, and when she got back from speaking with David, she used discretion in not telling Nabal right away. She chose also not to publicly shame or humiliate her husband, but quietly took matters into her own hands. So when I am caught off guard by a tough situation, am I quick to do the right thing? What is my first response? Do I spend too much time thinking about what to do and processing my next move, or do I quickly act the way God would want me to? I love how Henry Blackaby says in Experiencing God, delayed obedience is disobedience. I just want to share a little story with you. I love this story about Jarena Lee. If you've never heard of Jarena Lee before, she was alive in the late 1700s, and she became the first woman preacher in the AME church and the first African-American woman to preach the gospel publicly. What's more... She did so at a time when slavery was legal and neither African-Americans nor women could own property or vote. There's an awesome story about how Jarena felt called to preach, but for eight years, it was not permitted in her church. So she waited patiently on the Lord. One day, 
the preacher literally fell ill as he was about to give the message. So she jumps up in her seat and preaches in his place. Literally had a sermon in her back pocket, ready to go. She said she felt the literal power of the Holy Spirit flowing through her. And from that day on, the founder of the African Methodist Episcopal Church gave her his blessing to become a preacher. She had strong discernment, not only in waiting, but she acted quickly when the time was right and ended up not only being a leading figure for African Americans during the Second Awakening, but she was also a trailblazer for women in ministry. Amazing story. Jarena Lee is her name. Feel free to look her up. It's really great to read about her. So God showed his wisdom through Abigail in her actions, but he also showed wisdom through her words. Proverbs 13.3 says, Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. So this whole mess started when David's men came to Nabal to point out how good they had been to his servants and in return to ask for his favor. Nabal does not reply out of gratitude, but out of selfishness, suspicion, and offense. So here we see that dichotomy again between foolishness, Nabal, and wisdom, Abigail. So Nabal says, who is this fellow David? Who does this son of Jesse think he is? There are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take my bread and my water and my meat that I've slaughtered and give it to a band of outlaws who come from who knows where? On the other hand, when Abigail found out Nabal's reaction, she came in humility to David and appealed to his common sense to prevent him from wrongdoing. And in verses 24 through 31, Abigail gives one of the longest speeches by a woman in the Old Testament. And all through it, it's just words of wisdom, words of humility, submission. I would read it now, but we're, we're short on time, so I don't want to go through the whole thing. But if you have a chance to read verses 24 through 31, it's a great example of Abigail's humility and wisdom through her words. So she took a servant's physical and audible posture. She went right to the conflict instead of avoiding it, and she became an active peacemaker. Now, she was also calm and collected. She was willing to take the blame in order to save her husband and her household. So it causes me to ask myself, am I willing to take the blame sometimes in order to save my husband or my household. Ah, that's hard. When I'm caught off guard and I need to diffuse a situation, how do I respond with my words? What's my gut reaction and what's the first thing I do and what's the first thing to come out of my mouth? Is it peacemaking or is it peace killing? So the third thing that God showed his wisdom through Abigail is through her faith. Proverbs 19, 21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. True wisdom is the knowledge of the Lord. Amen? Do you know him? Do you know his character? And do you look like him? Good questions to be asking ourselves. 
through her faith, Abigail points David back to God's plan for him and reminds him that he's not going to want this bloodshed on his conscience when he becomes king of Israel. She showed respect and reverence for God and David. And she reminded David of God's covenant and prevented him from sinning in haste. And from this wisdom, both Abigail and David were vindicated and rewarded. So Abigail's name is mentioned in scripture only one more time as the mother of David's second-born son. But her story echoes in the hearts of all women as an example of true submission and courage, even in the face of danger. So today, how can we respond to situations in our lives the way that Abigail would have? Where can we choose discretion instead of offense? Humility instead of self-righteousness? And how can we choose to actively make peace and not react to others out of anger and revenge? I love how in 2 Chronicles, God gives Solomon the opportunity to ask for anything in the world. He's literally able to say, oh, I want this, I want that, I want this car, I want that house, I want all this stuff. But what does Solomon ask for? He asks for wisdom. And God says that that is the greatest gift. So ladies, I'm gonna ask you today as I close, would you stand? I know, I'm so sorry. This is such a bummer. Sorry to make you stand, but we can shake our legs a little bit. This year, a lot has been taken from us, amen? A lot doesn't look like the way we thought it would. And we find ourselves in situations that we never thought we would see. But today, I just wanna pray a, an Abigail anointing on all of us. That even when we're met with situations that we did not expect, that we will shine for the Lord, no matter what. Amen? So I'm just going to pray a prayer over you today. God, your word says that everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Today, I declare freedom over each truly loved woman of God in this room. Freedom from fear, from timidity, and the wounds of our past that have caused us to shrink back from the call that you have placed on our lives. Lord, I pray that, your, that these women's souls would be infused with wisdom, knowledge, strength, bravery and discernment. Lord, that their words and actions would be seasoned with salt and love. Lord, may we look to the women who have come before us as godly examples and throw off any lie that Satan has placed in our hearts that stops us from living in the freedom that you so boldly paid for. Jesus, would you teach us to use our actions, words, and faith as examples of your character. Give us the courage to walk in boldness and confidence today into whatever you are calling us to do. In the precious name of Jesus, amen.
Abigail is one of the most unsung women in the Old Testament. She is a beautiful example of wisdom, submission, and servitude. But her story also is a clear demonstration of God's omniscience. Next month, we're finishing up our series with the story of Hagar. If you're not familiar with her, you will love this next part. Not necessarily because of who Hagar is, but how we see God in her story. Join us back next month. In the meantime, keep growing and God bless. Thank you.